Lucy Parsons. Welcome to today's show. Today I'm going to be talking about something that's very personal for me and it's also quite a vulnerable thing for me to share so publicly. It's something that I haven't talked about really at all with my family but I think it's important because I see it happening and coming up for so many of my clients and I think it also is important to share some of the stories of our struggles through um, 2021 and the year before living through the pandemic how it's affected us and you know what we've done to build our lives back back together again um, to move forwards so today I'm going to be talking about what I've done to help my anxiety in 2021. Many of my clients tell me how calm and soothing I am. (laughs) So it might be a surprise to you to know that I've been struggling with anxiety since spring 2018. I've done various things over the last three years to tackle the anxiety, but I've made bigger strides in 2021 than previously. After a member of the Extraordinaries Club asked me to share more details because I was talking about some of the things I'd learned and experienced on one of our coaching calls, I thought I'd be brave, (laughs) put my vulnerabilities to one side and share what I've done this year in the hope that it might help you too. So let's wind back the clock a bit and talk about how my anxiety started. It was one hot day in 2018 when I first thought to myself that what I was feeling was anxiety. It was very strange to have that realisation because I'd always seen myself as a very calm, organised and together person. The thing that brought on that episode of anxiety was the GDPR laws that came into force in May 2018. That year, I had made big plans for my business and suddenly, with a month to go before GDPR became law, I became aware of it and that it was going to have a massive impact on my business. If you don't know what GDPR is, it stands for the General Data Protection Regulation. It was a law brought in to protect individuals' personal data. As a business owner, I hold lots of personal data, and while I always did my best to treat everyone's data with respect, this new law threatened the whole foundation I'd built my business on for the last three years. But it wasn't just the new law. Over the previous three years, I'd worked really hard to do all the things. So I was trying to grow and develop my business, be a present and supportive mum to my two young children, keep fit and healthy, look after the house and garden, and be a good wife and daughter. Basically, I'd got myself caught in the perfectionist trap of a contemporary working mother. I was stressing myself out trying to be great at absolutely everything without the support I really needed. This had caused chronic headaches and migraines, as well as chronic muscle pain and tightness, all down the right-hand side of my body. GDPR was basically the straw that broke the camel's back and tipped me over into anxiety. And in February 2019, I was then diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. I wasn't in a great way. 
So let's talk about how I addressed my anxiety in 2018 to 2020. There's a lot of stuff out there about how to cope with anxiety. At this point, I didn't want to admit what was going on inside my head to the outside world. So I didn't tell anyone that I was feeling anxious. I just struggled on regardless. I doubled down on my meditation practice, getting very perfectionist about doing it every day. I did a lot of yoga. I kept exercising, although by this stage, the only exercise I could do without having to sleep straight afterwards or suffer with chronic pain for the rest of the day and possibly for days afterwards was walking. I also noticed that if I ate too much sugar, the anxiety increased. I experimented with news blackouts. I found all the shenanigans around Brexit massively increased my anxiety. But as someone who has always been interested in politics, I found it very difficult to switch off. It was like being caught up in my own political soap opera, except it had serious real-life repercussions. The other thing I did, primarily to deal with all the pain I was experiencing, was learn clinical somatics. Clinical somatics is a practice of very slow and mindful movements designed to retrain your nervous system and muscles to relax and stop holding so much tension. Through the summer of 2019, clinical somatics not only helped me with the pain, but also had the ability to calm me right down. And I practiced it virtually every day for well over a year. It has made a long-term impact on the pain for which I'm very grateful. In January 2020, just before the pandemic, I read the book, When the Body Says No by Dr. Gabor Mate, who is, he was originally Hungarian. Um, He was a baby during the Nazi occupation of Hungary. And um, basically he was traumatized by his experiences as a a Jewish baby living under the Nazi regime. Um, And so he has a very keen interest in trauma and the impact it has on the human body and future health. So I read his book, When the Body Says No, and I must admit that I'd known for years that my body was saying no to me, but I couldn't work out what it would take to make it say yes again. Dr. Marte's book showed me that there was science behind what I was experiencing and where it could all end up if I didn't find the answers. So he had chapters on the book in the book about things like chronic fatigue, but also things like motor neurone disease and multiple sclerosis. But he didn't actually give the answer of what I needed to do to turn it all around. So he told me where this could all be heading and how ill I could possibly get if I didn't sort it out. But I was still left asking the question of what do I do? Where do I find the help that I actually need? And of course, the mainstream medical profession really has no idea about a lot of this work. So in January 2021, we're, you know, well into the pandemic and my anxiety basically reaches a peak. So it felt like we were at the darkest point of the pandemic. Christmas had been cancelled, it was raining, it was dark. You know, it, it was a pretty bleak time. And it felt to me, and I think to many others, as if the government had its head in the sand about what was going on. 
There was also so much uncertainty around education and my business is reliant on education. To top it all off, I was my family's sole breadwinner for the first time in my life after my husband had started a new job during the first lockdown, which had turned into a stressy nightmare that our family couldn't sustain. I can remember the first Monday in January, the day that many schools went back. The Prime Minister made the announcement that schools were closing, we were going back into lockdown and all the summer exams were cancelled. This not only meant that we were being plunged back into homeschooling with less than 12 hours notice, but that my business was under threat. If there were no exams, would anybody want to work with us? How were we going to pay the bills with my husband not working? For a week, I barely slept. I was so consumed with worry. I remember one night I had managed to get to sleep but woke up at 1am with the worst migraine ever and anxiety raging through my body. It took me five hours to calm myself down enough to go back to sleep. It was at this point that I finally phoned the doctor and asked for help. So let's now talk about what I've done to actually help my anxiety in 2021 and turn myself around from that low point. So the first thing is medication. The doctor suggested a very low dose of medication to help me deal with the anxiety. I wasn't keen on this idea and basically I've been resisting it since 2018, kind of sticking my fingers in my ears, closing my eyes and going la 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 la, like at the idea of medication. But it felt at this point that there was no other option if I was going to keep functioning and do what I could to save the business serve the community around my business, the parents and the students who are my clients and customers, but also all the people who listen to this podcast, read my blogs, read my newsletters and follow me on social media. They all needed support and leadership in such uncertain times. And, you know, it was really up to me to step up and give them what they needed, what was so lacking from schools and the government and everybody else. And I also really, really badly needed to keep money coming through the door. For me, though, I never viewed medication as a long-term option. It was kind of a stopgap to try and support me while I found longer-term solutions. So the next thing I did was um, started looking at improving my nervous system function. Now, I won't go into the details of how I discovered all this work, but during the spring, I found the work of Irene Lyon, who is a Canadian nervous system expert who has a course, an online course, called the 21-Day Nervous System Tune-Up. Irene teaches people how the nervous system works, so you really understand what's going on inside your own body, and she also teaches exercises exercises to help you re-regulate your nervous system. I found Irene's teaching revelatory. All over the internet, I've heard people going on for years about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. Basically, you know, there's, um, you know, nobody explains it very well. You know, they explain it as this binary thing, the parasympathetic versus the parasympathetic, you're either in one or you're in the other. And 
it's not explained very well and people talk about how to calm yourself down in the moment but they don't talk about how to heal the way your nervous system is functioning. By doing Irene's course I finally understood though this complex system, how it worked and how to re-regulate it. Through Irene's teachings, I also understood the role of trauma in taking your nervous system out of balance. Different people suffer different kinds of trauma, whether it's small t everyday stress from running a business and family, which is what happened to me, or big t trauma such as abuse or being involved in a major accident. Basically, if we don't let our nervous system process the trauma at the time it occurs, it will continue to live in our systems and manifest itself as health conditions such as anxiety, chronic fatigue and chronic pain and numerous other conditions as well. I completed Irene's course and still do the exercises every day. The exercises are very, very subtle, but they have the power to take me from feeling stressed, anxious and overwhelmed to feeling like I have the capacity I need for life in less than 15 minutes. So the next thing I tried was EMDR therapy. So one of my clients in the Extraordinaries Club runs an EMDR therapy practice and she told me all about it. I have to admit that I'd heard about it before but I didn't think it was for me because I didn't consider myself to having experience well I didn't consider myself as having experienced any big t trauma in my life things like abuse or serious accidents however on an assessment call we discovered that I did have a big t trauma um I just had never given it but never really understood that that's what it was basically it was very mild PTSD I don't want to compare it to what other people have been through but um, I basically fell out with a group of friends when I was about 12 or 13 and they blanked me for years and it was kind of the loneliness and the sense of isolation that I experienced as a result of that um, that had caused the trauma for me. Um, and it, it has had that incident and the years that followed it had a major impact on my life in terms of my ability to form friendships and trust others. I have formed good friendships, I've had amazing times, you know, I've got brilliant relationships with some people, but um, people have to be pretty special. <laughs> um, I'm quite persistent actually to um, gain my trust and get into my life in that way because of what I experienced when I was young. I've now had six sessions of EMDR. Shekena, my therapist, said that one of her clients described the effects of therapy as taking from a situation where you feel like you've got a football inside your head, crowding out your thoughts and energy, to just having a marble of all that stuff, you know, that unprocessed trauma that you have in your life. In my six sessions, I have gained so much energy. I actually came off one of the calls feeling like for a couple of days actually, like I was cured um, of the chronic fatigue, the anxiety, you know, all the things that I've been struggling with, um, which was just sensational. Um, and I actually feel like that football, if you like, that was crowding the space in my head 
has shrunk by about half. We haven't finished the therapy yet. Um, we're going to continue later in the year once we've got over the summer holidays um, and work through the remaining events on my timeline. But I'm really encouraged with the progress that I've made as a result of the sessions that I've had. So if you're not sure what EMDR is, um, it, this is kind of my understanding of it. So in the REM phase of sleep, so that's when, like, if you ever see somebody sleeping and their eyes look like they're flickering, that's the REM phase of sleep. It stands for rapid eye movement. You process what has happened to you during the day. If, however, an event is too big to process or you don't have enough sleep to process it, the event isn't processed and remains very real for you. So it's a bit like taking it from, I, I don't know computers very well, but you know, you have the kind of, um, the bit of a computer memory that's kind of current stuff going on and then the bit in the background where things are stored long-term. You know, once you've processed things, they go into that long-term storage. But if you don't process them properly, they stay at the front of your mind and they st stay very real, raw and visceral for you. So what EMDR does is it replicates what happens in REM sleep and it helps you to process traumatic things that have happened to you in the past so that you can move on from them and your brain is no longer no longer stuck on those events. And you know, from my experience of it, you can process something in an hour long session and it's like something that's been bothering you possibly for decades um, is tucked away neatly at the back of your mind and it no longer has the ability to make you feel in such a kind of emotive way. You know, it, it's just a memory. It's kind of a black and white memory rather than a full colour memory. Okay, so that's EMDR. Now, the next thing I've done is started using the Wim Hof method including having daily cold showers. Wim Hof is known as the Iceman for his feats of swimming in iced water and running marathons in the cold. He teaches a way of improving your health and increasing your mental and physical resilience that has three parts to it. Firstly, breathing. Secondly, cold exposure. And thirdly, commitment. It works because breathing and cold water work with the nervous system to reset it, again processing past trauma. There have been uni university studies on different aspects of the method with, which explain why it works. So let's talk through the three um, aspects of the Wim, method, um, Wim Hof method, starting with breathing. This basically involves taking about 30 deep breaths in a row, then emptying your lungs and holding so you have no air in your lungs for as long as you can. So you take really deep breaths, basically a bit like this. That wasn't really a very good demonstration, but I hope you can hear like the depth of the breathing that I was doing um, and then once you've done that you completely empty your lungs and stay like that for as long as possible and when you can't 
sustain that any longer you then take a massive deep breath in and hold it for 15 seconds and you can do this as many times as you like so you might do 30 or 40 breaths like that then the holds you might do that whole kind of cycle three or four times or even more times than that when you finish your set of rounds, you feel all buzzy and high. <laughs> People say it's like a natural high, but me being such a good girl, I wouldn't know about such things. Um, People who have followed the method have reputedly cured all sorts of illnesses, such as chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety, and rheumatoid arthritis. Basically, all the things that Irene Lyons' work on the nervous system addresses too. And I'm in a couple of Wim Hof Facebook groups and I just saw um, a post today, the day that I'm recording this, from someone who'd done some rounds of the breathing and it had created this kind of emotional release in her about some traumatic event that had happened when she was a small child that she'd kind of been too scared to tackle through talking therapies or anything like that. And doing the breathing... It, she just ended up in tears and it was like she let all that emotion out and um you know it was almost like she processed that and um I, I've had a couple of I, I haven't had a major release like that but there's been a couple of times when my body's been shaking quite quite majorly um as a result of doing the breathing and from my understanding of how the body processes trauma um, one of the things that one of the ways that the body can process trauma stored trauma is by shaking so it does seem to me that there is something about this breathing that releases that stored stress and trauma in your body um, because it tunes into or accesses the autonomic nervous system okay the second pillar of the Wim Hof method is cold exposure um, for me, this has been mainly about having cold showers. And I've worked up from at Easter having 30 seconds under cold water after a hot shower to now every day just only showering in cold water. Um, I might use a bit of hot if I'm washing my hair, but the rest of the time it's cold water. And I can now happily sit in an ice bath for at least 10 minutes. And I do that usually about once a week. Um, and it makes me feel amazing <laughs> it, it's really amazing how it kind of makes you feel alive just this exposure to cold water and I've seen again from the Wim Hof method um, Facebook groups the impact that it's had on other people who've you know had seriously traumatic events happen in their lives and how it's and they've ended up with long-term conditions like chronic fatigue and it has completely turned their lives around in just a few short weeks so now I have a cold bath or cold shower every day mainly cold showers if I've got time I have a bath but when at half term we went on holiday to Derbyshire I did quite a lot of wild swimming in the rivers there which was just so lovely it's one of Wim Hof's big things is being in nature and the soothing effects of nature and he really encourages you to spend time in nature so to be able to you know take a dip in a river with the trees around you um I remember one day I was sitting um in 
a river in Derbyshire and I saw a dipper which is quite a rare bird but it was just across the river from me and it was just getting about its own business and it was really quite magical and I really wish that I could do that every day. Okay the third and final part of the Wim Hof method is commitment and this is really about your belief in yourself. So from being able to hold your breath for long periods of time the longest I've managed is two minutes and four seconds but many others achieve much longer times than that but two minutes and four seconds for me is pretty incredible to be able to hold your breath and also um your ability to stay in the cold like doing these things that are not normal um increases your belief and your mental toughness basically um and yeah I I think it's amazing how you can go from you know barely being able to put your hand under a cold shower to you know being able to stand stand under there happily for 10 minutes and actually feel invigorated by the experience so that's the Wim Hof method um and if you want to find out more about it um I suggest you look at their website um I've put a link to that in today's show notes um they also have a YouTube channel and there are some basic tutorials about how to follow the method for free if you want to take it further you can buy the app which is about 35 pounds and has a bit more instruction and some more of the exercises and things on it or the online course i signed up for the fundamentals course when they had a special on offer on it earlier in the year okay the last set of things i want to talk about is um the little things that i've done which all add up to having a big impact on me um these are things that i have done in 2021 or continue to do them from previous years which i'm sure have helped my recovery and definitely helped me manage day to day um there probably uh, there's probably other things that I do as well which I've just forgotten about because they're just so automatic for me now but these are the things that spring to mind so every day I go for a walk outside no matter the weather and all through the lockdowns this was something that I really emphasized with the students in the extraordinaries club that it was just so important to get out of the house and particularly into fresh air and I think this was beaten into me, not literally, but you know what I mean, by my dad, who was a farmer, and his kind of solution to every problem in life is to get outside. Or as he said, stop grumbling, girl, get outside. (laughs) It'll make you feel better. That's basically his tagline. Okay, the next thing is consciously giving myself the time and space to feel what my body needs to feel rather than crushing my feelings and just trying to crash on with life. So I think for most of my life, I've tried to follow the philosophy of the British stiff upper lip. And no matter what I was thinking or feeling, I just felt like I had to just keep going and crush everything down, ignore whatever was happening and just keep going. And actually what I've discovered this year, mainly as a result of Irene Lyons course is that this is an incredibly unhealthy thing to do and your body is going to store all these stressful things that happen to you and 
unless you find a way to release them and if you don't find a way to release them by letting them out in a healthy way your body will try to release them through things like migraines headaches chronic fatigue arthritis all these things that people suffer so this has been really important like just giving myself permission to have the time and space to feel what I'm feeling and let it kind of work through my system so I've had a big drive on eating well cutting down on sugar I do love my cake but you know (laughs) sometimes you've got to cut it out and um you know really cutting out processed foods you know factory made foods and eating as you know as close to nature as possible um I've also been taking a probiotic and a vitamin D supplement every day. I don't know how much that helps with anxiety, but um, it was recommended to me by a nutritionist and it's definitely helped me um, through the pandemic and helped some digestive issues. Um, Another thing I've done is pretty much stop listening to Radio 4, particularly the Today programme, because it's just too darn depressing. Um, we used to have a radio in the bedroom and listen to it as the first thing we did in the mornings but we no longer have a radio in the bedroom and I'm more likely to listen to an inspiring podcast in the morning rather than listen to whatever um, doom and gloom um, Radio 4 has got to share with us. Um, Another big thing that I've done and this has actually been quite a few years now but I think I've allowed it even more this year, is allowing silence into my life. And again, through studying Irene Lyon's work, I've learnt, and I think also listening to Dr Chatterjee's podcast, um, it's called Feel Better, Live More. It's this, well, I realised it in myself first, that I just didn't want the noise I wanted silence and I wanted time and space to process my thoughts so the first thing I did was stop listening to things when I was walking and I actually find walking one of the most kind of creative times in terms of being able to come up with ideas and solve problems and that kind of thing and that wasn't happening when I was just filling my head with more information um so that's become a really important thing but what I've understood from Irene and Dr Chatterjee is that as humans we haven't evolved to have constant noise input and stimulation every second of the day but that's where we are as a society now with our you know incredibly clever smartphones that have podcasts and YouTube and any other number of distractions that you might want to have in your pocket with you Um, and basically having all that noise and input and stimulation is making many of us sick so having silence in my life and just really listening to what my body and mind needs moment to moment and understanding when silence is what it wants and responding to that has been really important for me The next thing might really surprise you, but I have actually dropped meditation from my routine. So I meditated pretty much every day for nearly six years, but I realised as I started doing the work of Irene Lyon that it wasn't 
getting me results. Um, it had the ability to calm me down, but it wasn't healing me. And I'd realised this before I actually came across an article that Irene wrote about why mes- meditation isn't the answer to the mental health and wellness kind of issues that we're seeing in society right now and I've linked to that article um because it it, in the show notes today if you're interested to read it because um it's her argument is too sophisticated and good for me to kind of butcher just by trying to explain it really quickly here another thing that's really important to me is hugs (laughs) um often in extraordinaries club parents coaching calls we talk about the importance of hugs but they have been proven scientifically to help reduce people's stress levels and um you know i just love hugs and cuddles with the people nearest and dearest to me so i make sure i get plenty of them every day and then last but definitely not least is prioritizing sleep because everything's always better after a good night's sleep. And I do things like making sure I don't look at a screen for at least an hour before I go to bed. Um, We've got a blackout blind, um, try to keep the bedroom relatively cool, that kind of thing. And, you know, sleep is just so profoundly transformational when you have a good night's sleep. And you know, I would recommend to anybody that they make it the, their priority, particularly if you are part of my normal audience and, you know, you're studying for exams because sleep aids your learning and you basically can't be an effective learner if you're not getting the right amount of sleep. Okay, we're nearly at the end now and thank you for listening so long and I really hope this has helped you so far. But I just, before we finish, I just want to summarise what I've learned about anxiety in 2021. So these are kind of some summary points. So number one, you feel anxiety when your nervous system has become dysregulated because the trauma you've experienced in life hasn't been processed properly. Many other health conditions are also caused when you don't process your trauma. We have all experienced trauma, even if you think you've lived a relatively blessed and easy life. I thought that I didn't deserve to label what I've experienced in my life as trauma because I've been so lucky and privileged. But I now know that every human has experienced trauma and I'm as entitled to heal it as the next person. So the next thing is that there are many ways of processing trauma, but the simplest is pausing and just feeling the physical feeling of that trauma, that stress, that anxiety in your body, rather than just being caught up in your anxious thoughts. So if you sit with the physical feeling of anxiety and just observe the feeling, don't think, feel, because I think so much of anxiety is fueled by thought as well it's like fuel on the flames of anxiety thinking and thinking and letting those thoughts go round and round in your head over and over again but if we go out of our thinking brain and go into our feeling body and feel that anxiety and if you can just feel with it and notice feel it notice it sit with it it will dissipate 
and you know this is something that I do every day now and it's amazing how the stress can just pass through your body it's processed through and then you are free and you feel better to carry on with your life so the next thing I've learned is that medication can help you while you find more fundamental solutions to your anxiety Next thing is you don't have to live with anxiety, but you do have to be patient while you work with your nervous system to re-regulate it and process old trauma. Finally, anxiety won't go away of its own accord. You have to dedicate time to process it, but it's the best time investment you'll ever make. Now, it occurred to me that you might want to know you know, I've done all these things, but what I haven't done is talking therapy or counselling. And that was quite a conscious decision. I did start to explore it um, early in the year, but there was something in me that said, this isn't what I want, this isn't what I need. And I think what that for me is about is um, knowing that I'm a very cerebral person at all these thoughts. I have going round and round and round in my head I didn't really need to talk about them because that would just be repeating them all over again I needed to process them and I think that was just an instinct that I had and at the time I don't think I could have fully articulated it when I kind of made the decision to go down a different route but I just had this instinct that talking wasn't the thing for me and I feel like that the work that I've done, and particularly the understanding I've gained from Irene Lyon, um, has vindicated that instinct that I had. And yeah, if there's one thing that I've learned in life, always follow your instincts, because it, it's like this, you know, ancient wisdom inside you. That's what instincts are to help you to know what's right without having to analyse and think and I think, yeah, I think, but thinking has an analysis and being all kind of analytical about things in our lives is actually, you know, we do that far too much in society. We're taking that far too far. And actually, we do need to get back to feeling the feels and, you know, going with the instincts and, you know, listening to your gut and all that kind of thing, because there is so much wisdom there. Okay, I hope today's episode has helped you. Um, I know that many young people, as well as parents, who listen to what I have to say about education and how to ex- succeed in GCSE and A-level exams, have suffered from mental health issues, both during and before the pandemic. I really, really hope that what I've had to say today will help you to find a happier path forward in life. There's one last thing, I well, a couple of things actually I want to say before I finish off. Um, the first is on learning differences, trauma and the education system. One thing that I've become particularly conscious of as I've done this work in 2021 is how much trauma students with learning differences experience in the education system so as I prepared this episode I 
came across three clients within the space of about 24 hours with children who have various different types of learning difference. All of them have experienced both big and small traumas on a regular basis throughout their education because their learning needs are not being served either by the individual teachers or their schools as a whole. I have to admit that learning differences have never been one of my key interests in the world of education. You know, there are people for whom that is their expertise and speciality. Mine is different. Um, But I have to say that it makes my heart break seeing these young people who are trying so hard but are being systematically traumatised on an everyday basis by the education system. I wasn't taught anything about how to teach or support students with learning differences during my teacher training. But I think in order to give all our young people a better start in life, learning differences need to be made mainstream and all teachers need to be need to see supporting neurodiverse students as part of their core responsibilities. I think there's still a lot of teachers who see it as a add-on to the core job of teaching the majority um, but that just leads to these everyday traumas that neurodiverse students are suffering. The other thing that I wanted to say before I finish off is about trauma, mental health and our medical system in the UK. I can't speak for the rest of the world, all I can speak for is what I've seen um, in the UK. And the thing that I want everyone to know and seems to be missing from the mainstream conversation about mental health and certainly missing from the understanding of all the medics I've been in contact with is the critical role of trauma in causing anxiety and so many other health conditions. This needs to be part of all medical training and probably part of mainstream education for all young people so that every human has access to the tools and understanding to regulate their own nervous system. If you want this education, the best place I currently know that you can get it is from Irene Lyon and particularly her YouTube channel if you're looking for free stuff or her 21-day nervous system tune-up online course if you're really serious about solving your mental and physical health issues. But I so, so strongly believe that, you know, I've had so many experiences with doctors where I've just gone into the surgery and all they've wanted to do is give me a pill. <laughs> and those pills, medication, you know, unless you've got some serious chemical imbalance within your body are just a sticking plaster over the problem and actually understanding how our nervous system works and how to heal it is the long-term solution not just for ourselves but for our children and our children's children because trauma is handed down from generation to generation to generation and I, I read another book recently that says you know trauma experienced on the battlefield in war it can be handed down three generations 
And when I think about myself, I had one grandfather who fought all the way through World War II, right from 1939 to 1945. And I, my other grandfather um, fought in World War I and was injured in no man's land um, just after his 18th birthday. He was actually out there fighting before he turned 18. So, and I'm sure there are many people in my audience who um, have similar histories in their families. And when I read that about battlefield trauma being stored and passed down, you know, three generations, um, I just thought how many of us are actually walking around carrying that intergenerational trauma with us and no number of prescriptions for pills is actually going to solve that it's working with our nervous systems at a really deep level that is going to release that and stop us from continuing to pass traumas down to our own children so this has been quite deep and it's really kind of scratched the surface of the science and the knowledge that is out there about the nervous system and how to access it on a deep level and how to heal. Um, but if you're suffering from anxiety, I just want you to know that I'm so sorry that you're feeling this pain and that I hope that what I've shared with you today gives you a better understanding of why you're feeling this way and what you can do to heal your body and mind. And, you know, I suppose if there's one thing that I've learned above everything else is that nobody's going to do this for you. Nobody's going to heal you for you. You have to take responsibility for your own healing and your own health because nobody else is going to do that. And, you know, you really have to take leadership in the quest to be the best version of yourself. So good luck with this journey. If you start it, you will start seeing results quickly. You know, if you start any of the things that I've talked about today, the Wim Hof Method, Irene Lyons um, Education and um, EMDR, you will, you will see subtle results quickly but you will also have to be patient for total healing. And it is going to be a lifelong journey to feel your very best. Okay, if you want links to any of the things that I've talked about today, you'll find them in today's show notes. And you can find the show notes at lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash anxiety 2021. So that's lifemoreextraordinary.com forward slash anxiety 2021. And if this has helped you, please share it with somebody else who you think needs to hear what I've said today, because I think the more people that understand this deep nervous system stuff, the better place the world is going to be. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day and goodbye.